coming in live from Prosper 2022. I'm talking with Chelsea Cohen with SoStock. She's the co-founder of SoStock, and we're going to talk about uh, supply chain elasticity. Again, I had a conversation with Chelsea not too long ago about this, and it turned into lost media, unfortunately. But we're going to just encapsulate that entire conversation, which was really great. Yeah. And now we're going to bring it into 15-minute time frame for you guys to enjoy live here from Prosper uh, in Vegas. So with that further being said, Chelsea just came fresh off of speaking today. Uh, thank you, Chelsea, for being here. Of course. Yeah, I think this time, since it is 15 minutes, we won't talk about gardening. <laughs> we can do that. We can talk about gardening and poetry. Like, I'm down for that. Like, honestly, you want to talk about gardening and poetry? Like, I wish I could turn my terrace into a nice little garden in Mexico. Uh, but unfortunately, I always forget to water my plants. And, uh, well, that's why the farm stands so great, because it waters it for you. See, there you go. Perfect, yeah. perfect enough. That's the, okay. that's the gardening pitch. Let's talk about supply chain elasticity, the importance of it uh, yeah. in 2022, uh -huh. um, especially with everything that's going on with uh, From Sea to Shining Sea, uh, everything that's happening in China and bringing it over to the United States. How do we be more flexible when it comes to our supply chain? And yeah. what does it actually mean to be elastic in it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, back in the day, you used to have one plan. It was China to Amazon, and that was it. Yeah. And 2020 came around and screwed that all up for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like to say you have to have a plan A through E. Uh -huh. And so there's actually, and we've, and it's interesting because I talk about this sometimes on my webinars. Someone said they they adopted this strategy and they haven't stocked out since. So which is great. And that's essentially you start out instead of ordering, let's say you you ship container loads. Mm -hmm. Instead of ordering a container load, you order container load plus like a month or two extra inventory. Okay. And you a buffer. A buffer. And you leave that inventory at, at your suppliers. And usually they'll let you leave it without charging you anything. So they're holding your inventory. You ship the container and you have to negotiate to only pay. You pay 30% down for your order, whatever your terms are. And then the final payment you only make on what ships. So you'll pay for the container when it ships. You'll pay that portion of the invoice. And then the rest of the stock that's sitting here is sitting here free. You haven't paid the final payment and you haven't paid for storage. Mm -hmm. And then as that is going on a boat you cross your fingers you hope it arrives on time mm -hmm. usually it doesn't and so that's why you have that that backup of if you see the boat is stuck in port or something you know when to pull the trigger on an air shipment and you only send an air shipment if you uh, absolutely need to it's like batch shipping orders so yeah. instead of like you order a large amount you're spitting it up into small little buckets you yeah. can have one go by sea one go by uh one go by air and then one go by land potentially if that's possible yeah and you're seeing which one if one gets stuck in traffic on this route you yeah. have option b and option c yeah. that you can always lie back on while option a gets into port exactly and you if only yeah and you only use the air shipping if you absolutely need to so you're not incurring that cost yeah. unless it's necessary but at least you know usually you see that the boat is mm -hmm. stuck mm -hmm. and then you have nothing to do. You either wait or you have another order produced and that's going to be another 30 days plus the air shipping. Mm -hmm. So if you have it there, you, you don't have to wait the 30 days of production or 45 or whatever it is now with mm -hmm. your supplier. You All you have to wait is the, the air shipping time. So this strategy, it seems like, as you mentioned, 2020 literally brought out the best and the worst of a lot of Amazon sellers when it comes to supply chain management. Yeah. Um, and I imagine that the strategy came out probably before that but then you started implementing it around that time just yeah. to be able to deal with all the challenges that were happening when it came to logistics. Yes. Where do you foresee supply chain going 
with 2022 and beyond uh -huh. if things continue to pan out like this if we have uh again we're dealing with a crisis in in in, in europe and and potentially a fourth and fifth wave of all this Hopefully not, because I enjoy going to these events and having conversations. Right. I don't know what I'd do without this. Uh, <laughs> but where could we potentially prepare ourselves for more hiccups in the road? Uh -huh. um, because right now, it seems like a lot of Amazon sellers are dancing on a knife's edge when it comes to the amount of uh, flexibility that they have uh -huh. with the padding of, uh, of, 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 of financial gain on their, on their products. Mm -hmm. Yeah, financial gain. So that's a, a topic in and of itself, because... As you get all these middlemen, you know, you have these, you know, you have 3PLs, you have mm -hmm. to ship various different ways. Mm -hmm. Amazon has this new dimensional weight fee where they're charging people based mm -hmm. on how large the product is. So a six pound product can be billed at 21 pounds. Yeah, we're live. You guys are live. Yeah. We're live. Oh my goodness. I've never seen two such good looking podcast people. <laughs> this is amazing. Thanks, Steve Sekloff with Product Development Academy. Quick oh. shout out to you. There you go. I love the shout outs. I love the shout outs. <laughs> so, yeah, so we are talking about profit, mm -hmm. profit, yeah, your profit margin. And that was actually the original reason that I started So Stocked. It was mm -hmm. my profit is dwindling because mm -hmm. of various different things. And inventory was just the first logical step. Mm -hmm. So I've been really obsessed in 2022 with mm -hmm. profit optimization. I call it profit optimization across the supply chain, yeah. which no one is talking about. Everyone thinks we got to eat it to pay, you know, $10,000 per container and pay your three PLs and mm -hmm. pay, you know, Amazon their fulfillment fees. And no one is talking about that. There's actually, you know, you can't cancel the fees, but you can actually control them. Okay. And that's something that I get really excited about is looking at, you know, the size of things, mm -hmm. size matters. Can you, first of all, can you shrink down your packaging, you know, and avoid some of those fees? Where can you trim off in a millimeter here or make your, yeah. make the packaging a little bit thinner mm -hmm. so you can fit more units into a container. Yeah. But uh, I would say another interesting aspect of this, it almost seems like the so stocked is the technological aspect of your A to E plan uh -huh. uh, implemented in live action. And being able to actually do that. So outside yeah. of trimming off a millimeter here or a centimeter there yeah. and being able to fit more inventory in there, you're breaking down the aspects of supply chain because it is the backbone of every, pretty much every business. Yeah. And it seems like just-in-time inventory doesn't work anymore. No. The Kaizen methodology doesn't work anymore. Right. Um, you need to actually have plans for your plans and plans for your plans. Yes. Yeah. And so we all have plan all these plans and more more excess inventory, the just-in-case inventory versus just-in-time inventory. Yeah. The just-in-case inventory is bleeding people dry. Mm -hmm. And so you need to start looking at carton optimization, pallet optimization. Mm -hmm. That's something we just launched today. We just launched a free tool uh, that is available to everybody. Later on, we'll roll it into the software, but it's a, a carton optimi optimizer. It essentially the only way to properly optimize your cartons is mm -hmm. like if you ask nine out of ten sellers and probably more who figured out your carton dimensions yeah what is the answer usually it's gonna be themselves they're the one that did it the sellers also like yeah the, the sellers se the, or, or the suppliers sorry yeah. the suppliers the supplier like you say oh i need to ship my stuff and they'll say okay and they put stuff in a carton and they ship it off because that's their only job. Their job yeah. isn't to actually figure out what the best way is to essentially yeah. pay, play Tetris 
with your inventory without actually like destroying rows, exactly. but to just optimize it in the per perfect form fitting way so right. that you're actively not taking up the entire uh, container load. You're not doing a light container load. You're so like a partial container load, mm -hmm. but getting it to fit absolutely perfectly without destroying your inventory as well right. and making sure that your product arrives on time in perfect condition as best as possible. Yeah. But whatever's going to be actually fit within your budget right. being flexible about it. Yeah. And so, and so that's something that they're not trained to do. They're not interested like that. They yeah. have no gain for that. So the goal is if you have to pay carton fees, every mm -hmm. carton that's handled has carton handling fees, yeah. labeling and all that. If you have to pay to store a pallet and for pallet handling, if you have to pay for a container, mm -hmm. the game is get as many units in each space as mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. So you have to do an analysis. The only way to assess a master carton and pallet configuration is to look at the unit and the pallet and do a bunch of freaky math mm -hmm. and run every single scenario possible to figure out what is the ultimate master carton slash pallet configuration mm -hmm. so that everything fits. Cause you know, you can go up to 25 inches in a carton. It's allowed, but it's the stupidest thing you could possibly do yeah. because pallets are 48 inches. So you can't even fit two across lengthwise. Yeah. So it's understanding the dimension, uh, dimensionality of uh, the pallet that you're in and also mm -hmm. being able to optimize it as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Yeah. Will there ever be a day in time where the education cycle of what you're coming up with when it comes to supply chain flexibility ends up getting over to the uh, the manufacturer as well as uh, the people that are packing packing your uh, packing your pallets? I think eventually. I think that's part of you know why I'm interested in having this conversation in 2022. Mm. It's time to start recovering margin because we realize this is not a temporary situation. Yeah, and we've all kind of been you know grinning and bearing it for two years and now we're kind of coming to grips. So we did create a tool to do the calculations for the MasterCard. We actually ran it through a product that um, we knew was horribly not optimized mm -hmm. and we're able to recover 92 cents. And I don't say that like, that's not gonna be a normal situation. Maybe someone recovers like that's 92 cents per unit. Yeah. If usually you know maybe it'll be 25 cents or 20 cents or whatever but that's, it is that's that's a huge amount over time like it, it significantly yeah. adds up that's pretty much a dollar per unit mm -hmm. over time yeah. for, the, for your entire life cycle of that product exactly yeah it's it, it can be it can be huge and then you everything is a ripple effect so if you start with you know resizing your units mm -hmm. i have a friend travis ziegler who reduced his packaging and was able to, like, he, he went from, he, he sells some sunglasses, he reduced, he took the case away, mm -hmm. and he just had a soft case for the mm -hmm. sunglasses, and significantly reduced his fees, but the ripple effect that has, he was able to put more units per carton, more units per pallet, more units per container, mm -hmm. uh, do an analysis on two sets of, of identical queen pillows. One's, one's a large standard, one's one's uh, small oversized mm -hmm. and running the analysis on what they're going to be charged now, especially with the new dimensional weight fees yeah. is $11 and 70 cents difference. When we ran all of the expenses, $11 and 70 cents, a unit, a unit is mind blowing difference. And that <laughs> equates you run the numbers and you know, it, it seems mind blowing, but then you start running up, scrolling up the numbers. They do 2,200 units per month. That's, $25,000 in savings a year if they could get that down to matching their competitors. 
kilos, and then that's three hundred thousand dollars a year, which is one point five million dollars on a five x multiple. That is a huge savings. Uh, Long term, my mind is trying to wrap its uh, wrap its head around all of this. Yeah, and I would imagine at a certain point in time, like the optimization of your uh, of your product uh-huh. is just as important as the adoption of your product in the marketplace. So, when does that threshold ever become too much, or you've over optimized uh, your your packaging uh-huh. to the point that it's actually detrimental to your actual uh, to your actual product? Uh-huh. Which I can imagine right. that. That could happen in some some uh, some cases yeah. where, uh, especially if your product is metal, you might need a little bit more of a buffer to actually do that. Right. But uh, have you ever run into situations like that where somebody's trying to tighten up their supply chain? They go instantaneously to the packaging, yeah. uh, the packing packaging dimensions. They remove too much. It actually has a negative effect. So I haven't really seen that. I can imagine it happening. Hmm. Uh, for example, you have a pillow and you vacuum seal it and it t- doesn't really come back to its shape yeah so it's something that you have to test it's something that you should be doing with uh not only your supplier mm-hmm. but an inspection company a really good inspection company mm-hmm. for example and testing it out so that you don't do a batch of ten thousand, find out that it's actually harmful to your to your product that is extremely beneficial information and uh i can say in my own naivete i probably should have thought of that beforehand uh-huh. Uh, before even asking that question, but I'm glad that I did, um, so I can get educated by Chelsea, um, clearly who knows far more about supply chain management, inventory management than I do. That's not my expertise. I leave, I leave that up to my business partner who handles all of that. I just want to take a moment and thank you, Chelsea, for being able to like make some time to come over here and have yeah. this conversation with me again. Um, I wonder if there's any opportunity where we can get you to educate people within Carbon Six to talk about uh, the the benefits of supply chain management. Maybe that's a discussion yeah. for another time. Who knows? Uh-huh, for sure. Yeah, I'm happy to. I like this subject. I like talking about it. I'm weird for whatever reason, but I'm super passionate about all of the boring stuff that becomes exciting when it makes you more money. No, no, no. It's, it's, these are the things that people need to know because, again, understanding your own supply chain is essentially keeping your business alive. It's like yeah. pump, it's, uh, it's, it's the lifeblood and the spinal cord of your entire business, and it needs to be actually be intact as much as humanly possible. Right. So, guys, if you're interested in finding out more about Chelsea and SoStock, all her socials will be below. Um, you can reach out to her on LinkedIn. You can check out SoStock. They have a fantastic tool, fantastic website. Chelsea Cohen, Amazon, uh, eight, excuse me, Prosper 2022, uh, coming live from Vegas. Thank you for being here, Chelsea. Awesome. Thank you. Smash like, subscribe.